Sit down. We're going now. Alright. Alright. I'm already recording. Sit down. We're starting. Oh, we're recording. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes, we're recording. We're going in yes. hot. No, no three topics. You, you, know, you know what you're listening to. You heard the advertisement to start. Anchor's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music, fine. I'm just gonna rant to open the show. And then I'll let you say your piece. And this is the opening part of the show. Get him. I got five things I need to I need to th- I need to really put in line right now. All right, we're gonna start off with the medical staff. What is your job? Honestly, what is your job? Now, I could go the the easy way and take the Twitter route and just talk about how um, the medical staff is their job is to keep the players healthy and have a plan so when they recover they can remain healthy and to observe the injuries that some players are having and make sure that it doesn't carry over to other players. But I'm going to get uh, in a little more depth here. This team loves biometrics, right? That's all they talk about. That's all Clint talks about. That's all Neil talks about. All it is is biometrics and rest. Biometrics and rest. Yet, this genius organization that claims to know so much about preserving health and keeping guys well rested and keeping everyone in shape cannot keep anyone healthy. They cannot keep anyone healthy. My girlfriend's dog fell, it is 13 years old. It fell down the stairs yesterday and had a seizure. And it is fully recovered today. It's walking around, it's barking at them to feed it scrambled eggs or whatever. They spoil the hell out of it. But if that little animal can recover back to everyday life, Faster than professional athletes can, who have all the resources, all the doctors. I get one or two injuries, but I mean, this is a joke. This is a joke that they consistently are getting hurt to the point it is. And it's not just one position. It's not just the good players. It's not just the bad players. It is literally everyone. You've seen Infinity War, or you've seen Endgame. It, it is, when Todd Tomzak, who I, I don't know if he's going to become the face of this, of this, you know, first bullet point, of which I have many to follow, Todd, De- Todd Tomzak, the director of sports medicine for the Pirates, every game now, it seems, he sits down there in front of us, and he reads off a laundry list, similar to the freaking Stones in Endgame, that has everyone's name on it who vanished when Thanos snapped his fingers and everyone turned into dust, and he's just reading his laundry ah. list. Yes, Literally, half the team is hurt. Half the team is hurt. It is incredible. And I get the certain things like the Marte running into Eric Gonzalez. Like, that's going to happen. But when your pitchers are getting hurt swinging bats and throwing baseballs, that's on you. And it's incredible. That concludes my first person or group of people I want to yell at. My second group. Lonnie Chisenhall, you did this. I don't know how, I don't know, but you, this is your fault. You came over here, you brought that Cleveland stank with you, and your, your cursed ability to get hurt, you hurt a freaking calf, rehabbing a thumb injury. I don't know how you even rehab a thumb injury. My prescription would just be play Xbox. It, 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 you know, you're exercising your thumb. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but clearly the ones that the Pirates have aren't any good either, so maybe I should be in charge. Anyway, Lonnie Chisholm comes over here, and all of a sudden, everyone's getting healthy. He's got something to do with this. I don't know what, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Number three, Archer and Musgrove. 
You want to go on my radio, not my radio station, I don't own it. You want to go to the place that I'm employed with and go on and say that the team should trade for Dallas Keuchel? Maybe you should do your part and actually get some outs this, in, this month. I like Joe Musgrove. He's been an awesome interview for me every time I've asked to speak with him. He's a very good guy, but I mean, you got some stones going on the airwaves and calling out your general manager in your front office. They did it last year. The team did it last year. Freeze did it. He was hitting the ball. The team won 11 games in a row, and they were rewarded. But when you're going to say we need help, do your part, pal. Do your part. Get some outs, man. And Chris Archer, I, I mean, I guess you're rehabbing an injury as well, so I should probably lay off, right? No. Get some freaking outs and maybe get past the fifth or the sixth or whatever. You know how many batters he's faced past from the seventh to the ninth inning this season? Three. Three batters. That's three more than you and me, Alex. Come on, man. This was a guy that was advertised because of his ability to go deep into ball games. And I feel like we've heard the same post-game press conference from Archer for the last five, six times we spoke to him. I heard that those same answers, I'm going to be better next start. I just got to believe in myself because I was really good in 2015, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what, man? Maybe you're not good anymore. Maybe you're not good anymore. Those two, I mean, if you're going to be healthy, you've got to pick up the slack. I have faith that Musgrove can do it. I don't know if Archer can. Archer would probably be the guy. He would probably be the best opener on the team. If you think about it, he can give you a first good three innings. Hell, he'll throw 105 pitches in those three innings, but then you just yank him out and you throw in Montana and the game will go to hell. All right, um, so that concludes bullet point number three. Bullet point number four, Andrew Filippone. Pony, I didn't want to bring you into this. I really didn't. But ever since you contemplated giving up on the Mets, I mean, we've turned into the Mets. Like, I mean, our pitching staff is just continuing to get injured. So, uh, I really don't like playing into the curse. You're a very good guy to me, but come on, man. And last but certainly not least, to conclude my opening rant, Alex, yes, you may have, you may have a beer and drink through the sorrows. Um, I got to talk about the manager, Clint Hurdle. Everyone likes to go after Clint. I get it. He's Twitter's whipping boy, just like Huntington, just like Nutting. And that comes with, you know, the position. But there are some legitimate gripes to, ha to be had with the manager of this ball club. I get that there's limited things one can do when your entire team is hurt, when your entire starting roster, essentially, is on the injured list. However, not telling Michael Feliz that he's starting a baseball game until an hour before said baseball game begins, when he has never started in the major leagues, is a mistake. I don't care what old-school thought is running through your mind, and another home run just allowed. Suarez, it's incredible. It's incredible because we got rookie Davis on the mound. Dear God. Anyway, Clint Hurdle not telling Michael Feliz he's starting. Absolute joke. You're setting your team up to fail when you don't prepare them. You see, oh, he's going to overthink it. Yeah, he should. He should be worried because he stinks, and you're having him as the opener. Two, not pitching around, guys. You were there. You were there before the games against the Dodgers when this man looked at all of us and said the plan was to pitch around Bellinger. What the hell happened to that plan, Alex? What the hell happened to that plan? By pitching around, do they mean like pitching around like the white areas of the plate? Is that what they mean when they want to throw the balls around that area? Because that's what they did. This dude destroyed the Pirates. And you think they would pitch around this... This so-called bum that everyone labels, Dietrich, this guy who everyone seems to hate because he's actually good, 
I mean, this bum who can't show off, even though he has seven home runs and 23 plate appearances against this team, probably another one by the end of this freaking game. Uh, I mean, pitch around guys who destroy you. I just don't get it, Clint. I don't get it. And finally, my last gripe against uh, Hurdle would be, it's like Tomlin underpreparing for bad football teams, you know, losing to that one, four, five win team every single season. Have your lineup ready to face a rookie pitcher. Why is it every single time some schmuck makes his MLB debut, he goes seven scoreless against the Pirates? How is that possible? Oh, we don't have any scouting. Yes, because no technology exists in any city that has a AAA baseball team. Fun fact. At least for the Pirates organizations, it must seem. They don't have calculators. They don't have Excel sheets. They don't have, they don't have, they don't even know the concept of numbers in AAA, because there's no way they can track AAA pitching. There's no way. Because that's the only explanation as to why this team simply cannot hit rookie pitching. It blows my freaking mind. Alex, thoughts? <sighs> Tastes good. Yeah. I just... Do you have anything to say? Oh, I, I've got some things to say. <laughs> you, uh, he was, thoughts on what I said? Uh, I, I agree with almost everything you said. Almost everything. I, I, I I'm, I'm going to go now. I, yeah, go for it. Go off. Noah was stewing on this, so he came up, and Noah's far more theatrical than I am. <laughs> so. I had to call my girlfriend to calm down. I covered a playoff softball game. It, it was an hour and ten minutes. It flew by. I got my story done in, in 31 minutes, which is, like, crazy. Because it's like a playoff game. There's a lot to cover, but I, I, I had... Uh, Quotes I was, and all? Yes. Damn. Quotes and all. I mean, all the action happened in one inning, so... Okay. And, yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Um, but I was like, sweet, I'll be able to, like, listen to the game on the radio and drive back and hear it, and it was all for naught. My day has been ruined. And my, my disappointment is immeasurable. Yes. And my day is ruined. All right, so what do you got to say? I am just going to start with some things. I, I'll start with the opener. All right. The Feliz thing, I don't agree with it. It was a joke. I mean, it, it's it, a it joke. Was a, again, Feliz has never started. He started a lot of games in the minor leagues, and I guess they figure that he's such a head case that if you tell him the night before that you're going to pitch an inning in a baseball game tomorrow. What? He is going to be up all night restless. The warm milk won't be good enough. He's going to be up all night. And then you have they to... ain't got melatonin? You, then you have to ask yourself, why is this a pitcher on my 40-man roster if I do not feel confident enough to tell him that he will be pitching an inning tomorrow? Against I the get, team with a losing record. Was it against the Rockies? Yes. I, I, in my head, I thought it was the Dodgers. Oh, wait, maybe it was. I don't know. All the blowout losses it, it, are just it, It's blurred just together. running together at this point. Yeah. It's just running together at this point. The, the point of the opener. I know people are ripping on the opener, and whenever it goes so freaking bad two times in a row, I have only yeah. one argument for, def for defending the opener at the moment, and it's that it's been so unbelievably, immeasurably, incomprehensibly executed to absolute 
failure. Everything that you were supposed to do with the opener these two t last two times has been wrong. There is exactly one time in a baseball game whenever you are guaranteed to be facing a team's number one, number two, and number three hitters in succession to lead off an inning. There is one time, and that is at the beginning. You want a good pitcher out there to lead off your game. A good one. And maybe you don't want to throw your best out there because it's not the highest of leverages. Okay, so be it. But And this is a problem that goes back to every half the pitchers on the roster are either hurt or they're under just did terrible like Richard Rodriguez this year. I get that. That's a problem. You don't have a whole lot of options. And while be, Kyle Crick is my guy, if we lived in a perfect world where people were semi-healthy or coming somewhat close to their expectations coming into this year, Kyle Crick would be my first guy out of the pen. He has experience as a starter out in the minor leagues. He, he pitches really well. He has a historically good slider. No one can hit that pitch. It's fantastic. Have him go an inning or two at the beginning of the game. Get your offense a chance to build up a lead. Then go to your bulk guy or featured starter, however you want to refer to him. That's how you're supposed to use your opener, not Michael freaking Feliz. Here, actually, I did leave the room to calm down. But this is a pretty good explanation. Now I'm angry. <laughs> uh, now, this is a pretty good explanation of Clint Hurdle breaking down the opener. Let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. Let's say I go into some guy's office. Let's say he's even remotely interested in buying something. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like, Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. The pet is my possible sale. Oh, my pretty little pet. I love you. So I stroke it. I pet it, I massage it, <laughs> I love it, I love my little naughty pet, you're naughty, and then I take my naughty pet, and I go, <laughs> oh, I killed it! You get, you get a good idea, and you just ruin it. That's bullpenning for the Pirates. That's basically what it is. And look, I am... I'm going to let you in on a little secret. All right. Talk to me, King. It really doesn't matter what order you want to pitch Michael Feliz and Stephen Brault. It is not going to go well against the Colorado Rockies or L.A. It Dodgers. It was the Dodgers, I it was, think, It was actually. the Dodgers? Yeah, okay. because Montana not... was against the Rockies. Okay, yeah, Montana which, was against the Rockies. Which is a different gripe altogether. Which, at least Montana <laughs> was doing well at the beginning... He probably was like at least the, at least middle of the pack as far as that bullpen goes at the moment. The bullpen who has three good pitchers, one of them didn't pitch for a damn week, and one doesn't want to start. One of them, do I don't care. You know what? Liriano doesn't want to start. All the more power to him. It'll probably add his couple years to his career. And you know what? But dude, the way he's having the year he's having, he doesn't need to start. Well, my my reply I, would I, be, if, if what does it matter? When you come in the game, if you're only pitching I two innings. I know, I know, I don't care. Uh, At this point, I am broken. I, I, I stand before you, humble podcast audience, as a broken person, watching just, watching Jacob Stallings. Oh my God, he got a hit. Good for him. How did Jacob Stallings become the best hitting gonna, catcher on this gonna team? He's going to pull a hamstring round in first. Uh, <laughs> he's already had his IL trip. So, oh, that's true. 
So you just have problems with the bullpenning. Bull- Anything oh, else? Oh, oh, I've got more. I've got more. Why is Adam Frazier still batting leadoff? He didn't. Oh. He did it on Tuesday, but that's because he got hit by a pitch, presumably, and he got the day off. He wasn't in the lineup. Yeah. Oh, Frazier has had two Who'd good months. Who they hit leadoff that game? Marte. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the guy who has a 2.2 walk percentage in his at-bats this season. Basically. What a, no, yeah, that's like around he, he, He's He's walked a little bit. Yeah, lately, well, he which... walked three times in like one series, and prior to that series against the Dodgers, he had two walks Marte all never walks, except for like yeah. weird patches throughout the season where he will walk. He gets the ball in Oh, he walks he in between the base paths and when he needs to be breaking up a double player running home, but it's anyway. Frazier, at least for a cup, at least for the first month of the season, I was like, he's hitting the ball well. He's hitting it hard. It's good contact. These will fall for hits. And then you know, okay, whatever. It's a small sample size. It's been another month. He hasn't heated up. The ex woba this month has been below three hundred. He has been a replacement level hitter, and it's frustrating whenever you see. Adam Frazier at the top of the lineup, and then you go Greg, who's hitting well. Marte, who's underachieving, but he's shown he's, his moments this year. Yeah. Josh Bell and Brian Reynolds, who are one of the very quietly been one of the best one-two punches in baseball this year. Yeah. And it's like it'd be great if we could have either one of them start soon. Oh no, not you, Brian. Well, this is convenient because Reynolds will now go on the injured list, and they'll call up Dickerson. So this works. We should give the precursor that we're watching the end of this. Game. This is, this is convenient. This is convenient. So this will be number... Well, Lyles will be, what, 24? Lyles has already been on the IL. He started the year on it. Okay. So he won't be new. He'll just be bulk. Yeah. So... But that's... I think, honestly, that is a solid 2 through 5 part of the lineup. That's a good trip through the heart of your order. Where you have... Three legitimate hitters and a guy who has proven in the past that he could be a 2020 player. Good. Good two through five. Bad that Adam Frazier is the first guy up. Out of everyone on the team, statistically, the number one hitter will get the most step-bats, most plate appearances over the course of the season, and he has arguably been one of the worst hitters. He's fortunate that third base has been a black hole. Adam Frazier... And that catcher has been a black hole. And shortstop, outside of the very recent... Uh, uh, no way. <laughs> that would have been the craziest caught stealing on a wild pitch. Like, there Again, two through five, solid. After that, steep drop-off. Steep, steep, steep drop-off. You know how many 3-0 counts Adam Frazier has seen this year? How many? Two. That's a leadoff hitter. You know how many times... He has put the ball in play on a first pitch. 19. Yeah. You know how many full counts Adam Frazier has drawn this year? Just 26. This is a guy who doesn't see pitches. He and doesn't walk. He, and, and he, he doesn't get hits. And whenever he does try to wait for pitches, it's so clearly forced and pitchers yes. can see it. It's like when a it's, little it's leaguer like a, is told, put your bat on your shoulder, you're not allowed to swing. Yeah. Somehow he telegraphs it more than Moki Cabrera, and Moki literally just stands there. He just leads back. He's like, yeah, I'm going to chill for a second. That's, that's frustrating. The bullpen use, the injuries, I, I am realistic. I know that a team with this many injuries probably isn't going to be that good, and I can only get so mad for at Rookie Davis and Davidis Nevaroskis just serving up meatballs because they're not actually good pitchers. I get that. 
That's a walk, Brian. Okay, right. good. Well, he didn't know. He stood there a couple my, seconds. Okay, but, I, 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 there's that. I get it. But at some point, the Los Angeles series frustrated me. Sunday. This is a team that has had their ass kicked all homestand. Frazier gets. You're going into the sixth inning. It's 4 3. I know you got a doubleheader Monday. But this is the first time in a week, it feels like, outside of that weird blowout win against the Rockies, that you are actually competitive and you have a well-rested back into your bullpen. It is time to use them. It is time to try to win a game, to pull a comeback. And he doesn't. And he goes to Davidas in Montana and it doesn't work. And then the offense, just to rub it in, scores seven runs that game. Seven runs should be enough for to win a baseball game. Yeah. Well, that's I. I was so worked up. I totally forgot. I wanted to mention that. I love Clint Hurdle's strategy of we cannot pitch a good pitcher unless if this team is is winning a baseball game. Like that is mind numbing to me. When you look at their run differential, you could pretty much sum it up. Oh, and they took uh, Reynolds out of the game. Joe Musgrove's running for him now. Um, he, he fouled a ball off his foot. Yeah, I hope it's not so, serious. But it is mind-numbing to me that you have consistently... Your team's run differential is so piss-poor because of the fact that you put in these relievers after a bad start, and they just get lit up. So when it's a semi-close game, and your offense is showing signs of productivity, that you bring in these relievers to save your good bullpen guys, your three good relievers who have not pitched because you refuse to pitch them in any type of situation where you don't have a lead. Felipe that blows my league. mind. That blows my mind that you would not choose to use them to keep a game close and try to win today. It's just so dumb. It's just so dumb. And, you know, you can't even bring it up to the guy because he'll just say, what the hell do you know? It's an, It's insane. More on the leadoff hitter, though. I just want to keep the update because uh, I looked this up the other day. Uh, walk percentage. How many times? The you know for people who aren't super into like the advanced stats, guys who have walked more than the league average on the Pirates. The league average on today, as we are recording this on to, on Monday. Wait, is this Monday or it's Tuesday? Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Jeez, oh man, that's right. On like Tuesday, Tuesday, the league average is 8.7%. The average hitter in the major leagues walks 8.7% of their at-bats. Of the qualified players in the major leagues on the Pirates, one player has walked above that. That is Josh Bell. Not even Brian Reynolds qualifies anymore. He might after that walk that he just drew in the ninth inning. Not quite. No. Um, he'll yeah, be close, he'll but be not close. quite. Uh, I would say the only other player, I mean, Moran's at 7.8. We could take a look here um, against guys who don't qualify. Let me see where Newman's at. You know, I've got one. Kevin Newman is at 9.2%. Why is he not batting leadoff? Why is he not playing ahead of Cole Tucker? Why is he not playing ahead of Colin Moran? Why is he not starting over Adam Frazier? Why is he not batting leadoff at the moment? That's my point. That's, I mean... My God, I I am so I can't believe I'm making a selling jeans comment as like a pro argument. But you want to talk about if this was fifty years ago, there was Kevin Newman would one hundred percent be 
hitting leadoff because he has the 350 batting average and he's fast as hell. <laughs> and, I mean, he... He would definitely be batting think leadoff. Think about the and future then, of the and team, it would be too. the wrong reasons why he's batting leadoff, but it, it, it would be the right result. Here's my list of dumb reasons why I would think that Adam Frazier should be a leadoff hitter. He's a left-handed hitter. And that's the end of my list. That's the only reason I could see why you'd... Like, when you think of, like, old-school stereotypical answers, Newman, if you're going that route, the selling genes, Newman's a first-round pick. you think the organization would be more invested in him. Newman's a guy who can play multiple positions, so you wouldn't have to struggle to find him a spot in the lineup. You could still play Frazier. You could still play uh, Cole Tucker. You could still play Moran. Whatever. You could even play him in the outfield. Because I feel like those guys are due to start getting hurt as well. Again, um, you could put him wherever. He is probably faster than Frazier. He walks more. I just don't get it, man. I don't get why he hasn't hit leadoff once this season. But today was the first time, and what did he do? Oh, well, he hit a ho-hum grand slam. Uh, I guess I am super hyped for him not to hit leadoff again anytime soon. Yeah. And I have one more thing to say about this team. Right now, they're playing like they're run differential. Yeah. And how for a year, for weeks, it was this team's getting blown out, and then they win the close ones. Is this sustainable? Right now, it doesn't look sustainable. They're under five hundred at this moment. Yep, officially under five hundred. Officially under five hundred. So that's a good transition uh, to our next part of the show, which is what we're going to do. We're going to debate now that they're under five hundred with the recent losing streak, with the injuries. What do the Pirates do right now? What is the course of action? We're going to get to that, but first, before we get to that, we need to talk to you about what this part of the show is brought to you by, and it's brought to you by No Negations. No Negations is a motivational lifestyle and apparel brand. Their mission is to inspire others to achieve no matter the circumstance. It is so easy to quit or give up, especially if the people around us are feeding negativity. The No Negations team wants to be that positive reinforcement in your life. They offer talks and workshops to get your team, clients, and customers motivated and inspired. Maybe they should make a trip to the North Shore. Their team of national and world-class athletes are energetic, impactful, motivational speakers offering insight on perseverance, team building, fitness, and mindset development. So whether you have a t-shirt, hat, polo, long sleeve shirt, crew neck, hoodie, or leggings, it should be a reminder that no matter your circumstance, you can overcome if you stay consistent. Visit their website at www.nonegations.com to order apparel and to receive more information on speaking events. Also follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at nonegations. That's N-O-N-E-G-A-T-I-O-N-S. Now we move on to what do we do now? All right, Alex, so as of today, right now, while everyone is listening to this podcast, the Pirates are 25 and 26. Is that right? Or is it 26 and 27? Oh, whatever. They're one, one game, game beneath under. 500. They've fallen to fourth place in the National League Central Division. They've lost, I don't even know how many of their last whatever. A lot. A lot. By a lot. And... Assuming that Lyles goes back on the IL, 60% of their starting rotation is out out of commission, is injured. What do you do if you're the Pirates right now? You have three options the way I look at it. Okay. You make a trade 
or you make transactions to help your team win now. The extremists would say, sign Dallas Keuchel. He only wants a one-year deal. You really only need a starting pitcher for one year, if you think about yeah. it. Ideally, you're getting cool back next year. You're going to get Tyone healthy 100% next year. You'll have Keller Major League ready next year. And you're going to still have Musgrove. You're still going to have Archer. You know, you're going to have options next season. So the one-year deal for Keuchel makes sense in that regard. Pretty much no other way does it at this point. But you could dream for Dallas Keuchel. You could also make trades for other guys available on the market. Like Madison Bumgarner, like Marcus Stroman. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe Trevor Bauer or Corey Kluber. Well, he's hurt. So, I don't know. You could make a trade. You could... I know Joe Starkey, who gave us both a shout-out on Monday. Really? Yeah, he cited a stat that you tweeted, and he gave me a shout-out for the Liriano scoop. Oh, damn. So, thanks to Starkey. Thanks, uh, Yeah, but he suggested signing James Shields. I, I don't know about that one, but, you know, you could go and get help. That's your first option. Your second option is what I see them doing, and you just play the cards that you've been dealt. And that means more Stephen Brault. That means more Nick Kingham. That means more Montana. That means more Jeff Hartlieb, who, um, you know, I've come up with a reason why he allows, it seems like his he allows so many runs. It's because he played basketball in college, so pretty much every run he allows counts for two. That's, that's my hypothesis. Kobe. All right. Um, so you could keep trotting those guys out and getting shelled. And you just wear it until, you know, hopefully the guys who are important to the team, like Keone Kella, like Trevor Williams, like Jamison Tyone, like Jordan Lyles, like whoever else, are back and ready to contribute. So you could do that option. Or you could look at this season and start reading the tea leaves, maybe, and just look around and... You see your team is running on chewed bubble gum and duct tape and, and super glue. And you're pulling guys up to start games in the field and to pitch games and, and semi-big situations. Starting games, really. When they're just not prepared. They're not meant to be up here right now. Some of them aren't meant to be a major leaguer, period. And you recognize that and you just start planning for next year. You start getting ready to trade guys in, in June and July, and you start getting your young players who are going to contribute in 2020, and moving forward, you start getting them major league experience now, and you start making... Because I firmly do believe that this baseball team, when healthy, is good. They're not great, but they are a good team, capable of winning... Mid-80 games, especially when they're getting the production from first base that they are. I just think that you're wasting your time right now, maybe, with this year. Maybe you just start preparing for next year. You make a couple big signings that you should have did last offseason, and you go all in for the new decade. Alex, what is your plan here, if you're Neil Huntington? Do you want my... You know what? I, I think I feel like both my answers are the same of what I think will happen and what 
I think they should do. And at some point, you have to accept that with all the injuries, it, it's just too much. It's just too much. And this team did a this team had a very bad offseason. I don't know how you sign Jordan Lyles, who has been one of the best reclamation projects that they've ever had. Yeah, they brought we'll in. See. It's been two good months. It's been two good months, and maybe the injury changed everything, but he's on pace for one of the best reclamation projects that the Pirates have ever had. You bring in Melky Cabrera, who's had a, a fine season at the plate. You bring in Francisco Liriano, who's been a fine relief pitcher. Well, coming into this year, the concerns about this team were fifth starter, another outfielder since Greg was hurt, and left-handed relief. And the Pirates and Neil Huntington brought in a damn good fifth starter, a damn good fill-in outfielder, and a damn good relief pitcher, left-handed relief. Mm -hmm. You would think, okay, now we're going to go. He went three for three. But it's... Other parts of the team that are frustrating. I banged the drum for Derek Dietrich all offseason. It didn't happen. They went with Eric Gonzalez over Jose Iglesias, even though Eric Gonzalez cost players, and that you had minor leaguers that were probably going to displace Eric Gonzalez in a year at most, and that Eric Gonzalez has never been a good baseball player, and his ceiling is, quite frankly, Jose Iglesias. And they went for with Eric Gonzalez for no reason other than they unbelievably misread the free agent market. They figured there's no way that what happened last year was going to happen this year. And it did. And they are a worse team because of it. And now you look at all the injuries that have piled on. And you look at this team that has... Corey Dickerson still on the roster. It doesn't feel like it because he hasn't played in almost two months. But he's ra- rehabbing. You have these other guys. You have to wonder, last trade deadline, that 11-game winning streak, which we might go down you know, thinking, man, that was a really bad thing for this team, actually, because it gave them the confidence to... Trade for Archer. Not to do a damn thing after trading for Archer. That was it. That was supposed to count for every single offseason move. Yep. That's the worst part of the Archer trade well, in my regard. Like, yes, it sucks to lose Austin Meadows, but you know what? You got Brian Reynolds. He's been a damn fine, good left fielder this That's season. my whole point, Alex. Is yeah, he's been was, fun. Parado and I were talking about this at the clubhouse Sunday. It's not... I still don't regret trading away Tyler Glass down Austin Meadows and Shane Boz. I regret who the Pirates traded them for. Yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, you, everyone all knows things considered, you, you trade a guy got. at the trade deadline because that's whenever he has the most perceived trade value. People will overpay for two months of a player rather than pay more for a whole year, like Madison Bumgarner. That's why he wasn't traded this offseason, because the Giants know that if he's the same pitcher that he was, he's going to be worth more trade value with two months to go than he would be with one. You look back... I, I don't know. I feel like a first-round pick in Meadows and Glass now probably could have got the Pirates Quintana when they were negotiating. Uh, I Or how... Do you want to just bang your head up against the wall for a little bit? Are you going to bring up the Kutch for Soto deal? No. Oh. And that was for Robles, not Soto. Oh. But... Well, they were offered Soto, weren't they? 
and they want they wouldn't settle for him. I can't remember. Yeah, how, maybe that's how it went down. Yeah. I remember they wanted Robles. Yeah, but I think it was 2016, the first time whenever Archer hit the trade market, and of course the Pirates were connected because Neil Huntington loved the guy for almost a decade. Yep, up to that point, and the proposed trade was. Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass. Now, whenever they were both minor leaguers for Chris Archer, and the Pirates said, there is no way we can make that trade. There is no <laughs> way we can give up both of our... We can't give up our top two prospects. Two years later, they make the trade because they sold low on Meadows, they sold low on Glass now, and they bought high on Chris Archer whenever he they shouldn't have bought high on him. And just as you know... Uh, Exhale collective groan tax. They had to give up Boz as well, which I don't know if Boz is going to be yeah, great. He cares. could be a bust. I don't know, but uh, he's, he's a, he was a he was a tradable pitching. asset at this point. I would have loved if the Pirates were competing. You know this trade off this trade deadline, Boz who would be a top one hundred prospect pitcher. Be like, okay, well we got a trade ship here. If nothing else, we got other someone we could use or someone we could flip for someone else. So where do you go? So are you saying it's time to mail it in too? I, I maybe not mail it in, but I play for next year. I I feel like that's more where I am right now. I give Brian Reynolds the everyday job in left field. I want to mm-hmm. see if this is just a small sample size, or if this off season I have to go get an outfielder. You're putting your beer on my registration for my car. I'm sorry. Uh, you're fine. Um, I I agree. I think you put Reynolds in left field every day. I think you call up Cabrian Hayes and you play him at third base every day. I think you play Cole Tucker at shortstop every day and Kevin Newman at second base. Or, you know, you rotate those three in the middle infield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tucker, on the other hand, I would rather put a triple A. He is, uh, you can't hit a major league. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, yeah. maybe let's just let him work it out here. I don't know. You let Josh Bell keep being the only reason fans will probably come to the games this season. Um, Could you imagine this team right now without Josh Bell? That would be so bad. And part of me, I was thinking about my rant when I was driving home. I was thinking, should I be mad at Josh Bell for not doing this last year? Because the team probably would have made the playoffs. And then, but then, but then, you know, if he would have just been bad this year, we could have just saved all of it. You know, but like. Oh, man. Objectively, which Pirate players can you not be angry at this year? I think it's pretty much just Josh Bell no, and Felipe Vasquez. I can't be mad at Navaroskis because I knew he was trash. <laughs> I can't be mad at Jeff Hartley because he's not a major league pitcher. can't be mad at Michael Feliz. I can't be mad at guys who just it's aren't right. good. I, I can't be disappointed, but I can be mad. Oh, no. I can't be it's mad. The reverse, it's not know. their job. I mean, it's their job to try to do their best. I mean, I don't think they're not trying. Like, I can't be mm-hmm. mad at them. I could be mad at Marte. I could be mad at Polanco. I could be mad at, you know, you'd be mad at pretty much everyone, aside from Josh Bell and, and the middle relief guys. You just stink because Vasquez. it's not their fault. Vasquez yeah. didn't do anything wrong. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, yeah. I'm not mad at Lirion. I'm maybe mad that he won't be the bullpenning opener. Not mad at Kyle Crick. Not mad yeah, at oh, Vasquez. Oh, yeah. But even, like, Crick, like, oh, he's been on the island. Or Liriano, like, oh, he has, you know, he's been terrible with inherited runners, and that's yeah. why he can't pitch in that situation, which is a key point for a left-handed reliever, ideally. Oh. But, like, if there are two people that, there's, like, there's nothing wrong with them this year. They are perfect. They are pure. It is Josh Bell. It is Felipe, Felipe Vasquez. Yep. And then third would probably be Melky. And then Kyle Crick. Or, or Brian Reynolds. And then Crick. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I think you just gotta, you gotta bring Keller up and keep him up here. 
If as long as there's a five. Yeah. Why did Keller? That should have been in the rampart. Why was so Keller option? You know what? I, I tweeted this out, but I really liked the metaphor after I did. You know, it was one of those things that I typed the words out. I was like, "Boy, Alex, you you're pretty smart." Every once in a while, huh. it was like he looked nervous. Like even whenever he was up 0-2 on that first batter, he's you could see him breathing. He's like. <sighs> He wasn't ready. And then he gives up the Grand Slam, and he looked like he calmed down. And he's like, okay, that was the worst thing that could possibly happen in this situation, I guess. And I'm still standing. Let's go. It's like whenever you, the first time you ask someone out, and they say no. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm not dead. <laughs> uh, that was a tough analogy. So... Yeah, it's time. It's time to call up. I mean, Keller's probably coming back up now. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Lyles died for this. Yeah. So you just kind of rock with it and roll with it and try to flip some guys. So if we're going down this route, who are the Pirates looking to trade in in a month or two? Dickerson, Melky, Melky, Liriano. Liriano could fetch something, especially since I think teams are going to overpay for relief pitchers. Kyle Crick. No. No? You're no. keeping Vasquez and I'm Crick? I'm keeping Crick. I'm keeping Vasquez. And you know what? The thing is, this team doesn't have... 2020, they could go for it. Cervelli? If anyone it's, will have him. Nobody would have him. What are you going to do with a guy who has six concussions on over Eight. the... I six was, with the Pirates. Then he had two yeah. diagnosed with the Yankees. Yeah. I think it's about just, that. Eight concussions. He, he, he can't catch. I mean, it feels so bad. We were there pre-game. He had a pre-game... Press Presser. conference in one, before one of the Dodgers games, I think it was Friday, where, you know, they asked him, like, do you think you should be catching still? He's like, I'm a catcher. I'm going to catch. This is what I want to do in baseball. And then he literally gets a concussion the yep. same day. And it's like, dude, this, is, this isn't baseball anymore. This is self-preservation. This is post-life. You've got another 40, 50 years on this earth, probably. I, like, so, rounding up this... Part of the show, I guess. I I would say, honest analysis, I think, you know, we reached a point last year in May and then June when the team, uh, the GM was talking about possibly selling, Mm -hmm. and he said the team needs to show me something, and they had a big series against the Milwaukee Brewers. They've got a four-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers coming up. Uh, I think you got to... You got to win tomorrow hopefully or today. Uh and then you got you got to you got to do something. You can't just these next games against Atlanta and Milwaukee, they play them both at home and on the road. Uh I just think you you, you got to come out with more wins than losses than that. You got to be back over 500. If you continue this skid, if you're still a couple games under 500 after, you know, the first week of June, I think we know where this is going, and that's where even it should be going. Not, even if you're not, if you rattle off 11 in a row, you can't make another Archer trade. Well, like, I mean... And I don't mean, like, you can't make a trade that you regret one year later. Yeah, well... You can't trade I think if you top, win, mo- top young talent again. If they rattle off 11 in a row right now with the team that they have, I think you got to go all in, actually, you because they'd be 10 honestly, games over 500. They'd probably be in first honestly, place in the division. at this point, I feel like the whole... This was never about 2019. It was never about 2019. It was about 2020. Maybe it was about 2020. He's going to have to decide if it wants to be about 2020, but it was never about 2019. He created a team that, you know, looks like, okay, if we get a couple breaks, we'll be about 500. If we get a couple more breaks, we'll be 88 wins in a wild card team. That's not good enough. All right. So we will now move on to... 
our favorite part of the show, which is, of course, segments. Alex, let me get this read pulled up for, so you can tell the great folks who are listening in. Yeah, keep, keep that music up. Look at this guy. What is this? Alright. Go ahead. Is that from the Eric Andre show? That's uh, Spanish Flea. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's a little jingle. And it all got cut. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Who are, who are segments brought to us by? Our segments are brought to you by Slice on Broadway. With locations in Carnegie, Beachview, the East End, and of course our favorite at PNC Park, Slice on Broadway has it all. From their perfect pizza, their spectacular salads, or super delicious subs, everything they make is handmade and the best your money can buy. And you know why? Because they wouldn't be able to sleep if it wasn't. Be sure to check them out and tell them the guys from the River Blast podcast sent you. Yeah, do it. I, I had it uh, Sunday. It was great. had a great time. Great pizza, great people. I thoroughly enjoy their their company and their product. And tell, them, and tell them we sent you. And you know what? They deserve extra credits for being the only people at PNC Park that haven't suffered a work-related injury so far this year. That is very true. That is very true. All right, so segment time, buy, sell, trade. Do uh, you want to just do this on the fly? You haven't really sat down to prepare. Yeah, uh, let's do it. You want to do it? Uh, let's do it. Go. All right. So I'll go first. Yes. Uh, I am buying a break. Just, just, just give us a break one time, please. Baseball gods, regular god, Christian god. Um, that's the one I believe Buddha, in. Satan, uh, yeah. you owe me. No. <laughs> Satan's done enough for this team this year. Um, yeah, just give me a break, man. I mean, I mean, part of me wanted to say I want to buy a calendar. Uh, for the broadcast team to let them know what what year we're in, because this this unwritten rules nonsense is just getting really old. Every time yeah. I watch a game on TV, but at the end of the if day, if it's such a big deal, write them down. Yeah, write them down then. Exactly. Uh, but overall, I still really like. I love. I love Brownie. I love you know all the guys who call the games. I think they do a really good job for the most part. It's just you know they they have certain stuff that bothers them. And that's fine. Uh, but yeah, just give me a break, man. Like, this just sucks. Like, every single day, uh, for the fan, like, I don't really have to search for storylines when I'm at the ballpark. I'm just writing the injury updates. It's, it's nuts. Um, I'm gonna sell the Dietrich hate, though. I really am. I, I, I feel like if Josh Bell did this when he hit his home runs, people would be eating it up. Uh, I don't get why everyone says it has to be a superstar that does this. Why? Why? That's like saying, you know, you don't get to have a nice car unless you're a billionaire. No, dude, you want to spend your money when you have a nice, you know, if you if you made $100,000 and you're fine with living like garbage and you want to spend 90 of it on a really nice car, then do it. It's not my job to tell you how to like live your life. So yeah, celebrate. Yuck it up. I'm fine with it. I'm going to give a shout out to my dude, uh, Steelo City. For uh, tweeting out that about Dietrich, like, well, whenever you're DFA'd by the worst team in baseball, you learn to savor the little moments. Yeah, for real. I mean, dude, this guy, this guy was a like his career was pretty much on the on at the end. Yeah. And 
Now he's like about to steal the starting job from someone who will probably be in Cooperstown one day. Well, I think that's an over-exaggeration, but yeah. You don't he, think Joey Votto's a Hall of Famer? No, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Dietrich's going to steal the job. I mean, Two people believed in Derek Dietrich this offseason, and it was me and the Cincinnati Reds yeah. GM. <laughs> and you didn't have the money to pay him. Yes. So I'm not hating on Derek Dietrich, man. I mean, he is he's entertaining. This is what baseball needs more of, and if you have a problem with a guy celebrating, then don't, you know, like, don't complain when NFL players are doing choreographed dances. Like, don't, I don't know. I just don't get it, man. Like, or, then you should be complaining, I should say, not don't complain. Just, dude, who cares? Like, I'm on the big, I'm on the minority who thinks, rather than bitching and crying about his home run trot, maybe just don't allow the home run. So, and I'm trading anything, anybody, anywhere. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, it's just, it's just gotten to a point where, like, you know, if you really do care about this season, like Huntington claimed, he thinks this team's good enough to make the playoffs, now's the time. You gotta make the move. You gotta make the move now. Uh, before the, before the season just gets out of hand. Because it's looking like that. It's looking like it. Right now, at least. Alex... What's your buy-sell trade? Alright, what I am buying is fire. You're buying fire. You you bought a brick. I just, I'm buying fire. Like, burn it all. Okay. <laughs> like, this has been a rough week of Pirates baseball to watch, especially since the one day that I gave myself off was, <laughs> was to win against Cincinnati, against uh, Colorado. Like, it's just been, it's just been bad. Like, there hasn't been much... There hasn't been much joy to drive out of this past week, besides Josh Bell still being an absolute monster. Uh, I am selling this weak take that the Pirates should have kept Ivan Nova, and that that they're regretting yes. the Ivan. I hate Get that, that out of my face. Seriously, it's like, oh yeah, that's what this dumpster fire needs more fire. And I know more I'm gasoline. buying fire. I'm buying fire, yeah. but I don't want that fire. It's like, look, Nova. Nova was only a pirate, in my opinion. They only signed him because J.A. Happ, they let him walk. J. Happ. J.A. Happ. It's J. Happ, not J.A. Happ. It's J.A. Happ. It's J. Happ. J.A. Happ. But they pronounce, you're supposed to pronounce it, you're supposed to pronounce it J. J.A. Happ. Anyway, continue. J.A. Happ. Do you see what this team's doing to us, Alex? It's tearing us apart. You are tearing me apart, pirates. So, yeah, they, they only signed Nova because they saw how Hap bit him on the butt. Like, well, we're not going to do that again. They, there's no way that Nova would have been an improvement over for the first month. Now we could look at, oh, well, they, he's technically better than Nick Kingham by the loosest of definitions. No, who cares? It, trust me, if, you must be truly desperate to be looking to Yvonne Nova for help. Yeah. And trade, I am trading either King, Kingham or uh, Brault, spot in the rotation, for Keller. I don't know why Keller was optioned. I, I, I touched on this before, I just can't get over it. I don't know why he was... I, okay, he wasn't ready, but he looked good for three and two-thirds out of his four innings. All right. Well, that was our buy-sell trade. Uh, sink or float, Alex. I just wrote this down. Just because I feel like we've talked about everything we need to talk about. 
Um, I feel like, you know, there, of course, are the some, some of the guys that we have mentioned already. Uh, but two that they could also potentially trade would be Marte and Polanco. Uh, sink or float that it'd be a good idea to try to try to trade either one of them for a notable pitcher right now. I right now meaning this week. Uh like or this within season. the next month. Yeah, this season. Uh, if the team's still in contention, I I'm gonna say that sinks. I I won't trade Polanco at the moment. Marte, I'd be willing to explore trade for. In the because you think future. Reynolds could be the center fielder. Not. Not necessarily. I think Reynolds is more of a backup center fielder or everyday left fielder, you know, defensively. Okay. But, I mean, for two months, if you trade Marte, you're throwing the towel in on the season. Yeah. Which, in which case, yeah, I get Reynolds the consistent playing time. But just, in general, Marte has two years left on his contract. I feel like the Pirates kind of regret, you know, how long they held on to Kutch. I mean, even though Reynolds and Crick are a fantastic return. Uh, they could have gotten more for Kutch if they would have pounced on him whenever he was primed. I yeah. that that's you're sinking it. I'm I'm sinking it. I I'll explore. I guess a Marte trade. If someone wants to call, I uh, maybe not call around. I wonder how much this thunder's gonna be showing up. Yeah, on the podcast. I don't know. It's storming right now. God is crying for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I guess on the recording. This is the podcast. Yes. Uh, all right. Alex, bold prediction. I predicted a sweep in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, or I said there would be a sweep in that series. I was correct. I didn't, I didn't so check the two tape. Two for two. I didn't check the tape. I'm two on for that. two on that. Uh, well, I, I was wrong enough for both of us. So go. What was your prediction? Uh, I think it was three runs or less in that first opener game. Which didn't turn out that way. Fun fact. There you go. Uh, I guess my bold prediction would be Josh Bell finishes May with one of the best OPSs in Pirates history. Like, top three. He's right on the fringe right now. He's going to need to have a couple more good games this month. I think he gets them, and this goes down in history as one of the best months any Pirate hitter has ever had. My bold prediction is three Christian Yelich home runs in this four-game series. It's just, you just know it's going to happen. Yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Hell, I'd be happy if they limited it to two in four games. All right, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Noah underscore house 95 at Alex J. Stump. Uh, be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe to our podcast channel. Um, spread the word. Check out Slice on Broadway, check out No Negations, check out Anchor. Do it all. And hopefully next time you hear from us, we'll be in a little bit of a better mood. Hopefully the Pirates uh, will be playing a little bit better baseball. Until then, we'll sign off as always saying, let's go Bucks.